Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? You said you wanted to know how to get more downloads than the epic film guys. Do you really want to get them? Ah, you see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to record? Everything beyond the past five years. And then what are you prepared to record? If you open the discussion about Burt Gummer, Mr. Just, you will be prepared to go all the way. Because they won't give up the talking until one of you is the next more gooder than podcast. I want to get those epic film guys. I don't know how to get them. You want to get the downloads? Here's how you get them. They record about the Irishman. You record about the Princess Bride. They talk about sending Interstellar to the hospital. You send one that they're recording about Terminator Dark Fate to the morgue. That's the podcast way. And that's how you get those guys. Now, do you know what to do? Are you ready to do that? I'm making you a deal. Do you want this deal? I've sworn to put this podcast ahead with any and all legal means at my disposal, and I will do so. Well, the Lord hates a coward. Do you know what a real field's oath is, Mr. Chest? Yes. Good, because you just took one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. And uh, I'm Nathan. I'm Drew. This is Jack Stone. Mm. Mm. What was it before you changed it? (laughs) Just like a Dago Wop. And if you can't tell by now, we are doing 1987's The Untouchables. Roll the trailer. I grew up in a tough neighborhood. Sometimes a reputation follows you. Robert De Niro is Al Capone. There is violence in Chicago, of course, but not by me and not by anybody I employ. And I'll tell you why, because it's not good business. Kevin Costner is Elliot Ness. I have sworn to put this man away with any and all legal means at my disposal, and I will do so. Sean Connery is Jimmy Malone. You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. You just joined the Treasury Department, son. Everybody knows where the booze is. The problem isn't finding it. Let's do some good! The problem is who wants to cross Capone. Somebody messes with me. I'm gonna mess with him. You carry a badge? Yes. Carry a gun. Get your hands in the air! You're all under arrest! You fellas are untouchable. Is that the thing no one can get to you? Hey, everybody can be gotten to. All right, then. Drive him to the station. Anything happens, you shoot first, you understand me? I'm gonna tell you one more thing. You got an all-out price fight, you wait till the fight's over, one guy's left standing, and that's how you know who won. Just tell me, are you being careful? Careful as mice. I want to hurt the man, Malone. I want to start taking the battle to him. I want to hurt Capone. This man can finger Al Capone. This man can put Capone behind bars. Well, what's the matter? Can't you talk with a gun in your mouth? Not to prove your methods. Yeah? Well, you're not from Chicago. 
I want you to find this Nancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. Paramount Pictures presents a Brian De Palma film. I have forsworn myself. I have broken every law I swore to defend. I have become what I beheld, and I am content that I have done right. You got nothing, nothing, and if you were a man, you would have done it now. Never stop fighting till the fight is done. The Untouchables. Mmm, yes. This is my, uh... Gangsta, gangsta movie, and I just am gonna come out of the gate and say this is a fun movie. There's a lot that it lacks with certain characters, but it's a lot of fun because I love Sean Connery. I love the timid, like I want to get those guys, uh, <laughs> Kevin Costner <laughs> and uh, Annie Garcia. Yeah, there's. There's a lot of good to this movie. Mm-hmm. Wallace. Yeah. He was actually, I, I think I'll probably say it. He's, I think don't he's, forget. I, I think he might be my favorite character in the and Ro- movie. And Robert De Niro. Don't forget Robert De Niro. And yes, Robert you De did. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. I want I'm him dead. <laughs> I want his family dead. I want his house burned to the ground. I want to go in the middle of the night and piss on the ashes. Piss on his ashes. <laughs> bootlegged? What is bootlegged? Down on Lakeshore Avenue, they call it hospitality. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I did not do anything to these men so these men there's a weird weird connection that i got with this and that is uh, is al capone kind of like trump yes i said this okay okay good you showed up i swear the whole time i'm watching it the second time i was like (laughs) this is trump I don't. And it's yes. such a good representation. The blood doesn't get on his hands. He doesn't get dirty. Mm-hmm. But he lets everything around him kind of happen. They're delivering yeah, if, some fake news. If, if, Al can, if Al Capone was born under the high high voltage wires, the high tension wires, and he ate paint chips as a kid, then that gives us our <laughs> our current <laughs> president of the United States. Wow. Actually showed I'm up. sure he he's showed got. Down I'm today. sure he's got Fox News on one screen, and then just Untouchables playing ad nauseum <laughs> on the other screen. This Elliot Ness, I don't like him. He's not a good guy. Though <laughs> <laughs> he probably swore it off because um, Capone was such a vocal critic of him. Not Capone oh. the historical character but the uh just got attacked by frodo but the uh (laughs) the dog (laughs) but the actor yeah played him it's very much against yeah it doesn't like him yeah i'm so happy that you made that connection because while watching it i was just all like did trump take notes on how to like talk to the camera from de niro baseball it's a team sport (laughs) (laughs) oh and i mean it's the greatest town it's my town chicago (laughs) (laughs) i you know what they mess with me i'm gonna mess with them it's okay but of course we're in talks with china (laughs) (laughs) where to get that chinese booze bring it across it's called hospitality (laughs) the democrats they they don't know they don't know this let me tell you what your british papers are gonna need to know farmers they'll buy your soybeans again if there's anybody still growing soybeans after this Uh. forget about it but this this whole story about getting Al Capone uh, and Elliot Ness, a lot of liberties taken. Uh, historically, uh, con- in a historical historically, context. Yeah. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Not very, very accurate, but uh, enjoyable. Uh, did you guys like this? 
Oh, yeah. Very much so. I, I like it up to a point. As a gangster movie, I feel it's a very, like, clean... Laid back, maybe? Gangster movie. It's not your Scorsese gangster true. movie true, or true, your true. Godfather type of gangster movie. It's a little bit more family friendly even though there is plenty of violence there's plenty of cussing it's not quite as like the you know 50 fucks a minute sort of a gangster it's from the other side yeah and it's it's an earlier it's an earlier uh an earlier time period that they're doing rather than the you know the 60s and the 70s like uh, casino and goodfellas uh that sort of thing i think it does start you off with a nice calm intro you're you're introduced to capone he's uh, obviously you know being exerting yes, his power even with, with a little bit of just the nick the nick of the shave and you see you see the face of the barber and he's just like oh fuck me the nick of the shave <laughs> the cut of the hair <laughs> could you see sasha barry conan he's just like, <laughs> nick and he's like I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we might get into that later. Maybe. But I mean, just the the little girl coming over, getting, I guess she was getting maybe some beer or some water. uh, Some water. Some medicine for mommy. She's sick. She gets the shakes at five o'clock. She needs her medicine. (laughs) Mister. Mister. You you forgot your bag. You forgot your. So I do not remember a film <laughs> where a child blows up. <laughs> well, yeah, that is the interesting. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, I hate to say it, but it kind of blew me away. Uh, no, it, oh, but it, uh, it definitely starts. <laughs> it starts on a very slap in the face kind of moment. You're like, oh, I did not see that coming. Don't worry, pops. We won't be back. <laughs> a slap in the face. A murder the kid. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that that uh, took me a little bit back because I, I had hadn't watched it for a little while, and so that little scene. Oh, that's right. This has oh, some yeah. moments. A child is murdered. I didn't mind watching this movie twice. Yeah, yeah. even though the yeah. second time I think I was working on my segments a little bit more. I still I still liked it. Now we've got a connection here. We've we got uh, Mara Cohn, who yes. did the Once Upon a Time in the West soundtrack, and all the Fistful of Dollars and those Spaghetti Western soundtracks for the most part. Exactly. He and there is there is harmonica. Harmonica. Yeah. There are some great themes and scores that come out of this, especially towards the end and like when they're, they're uh, doing the bridge scene. But one of the scenes where it's the single shot following, I think it's the butler up through the hotel into yes. Capone's Inner Sanctum. First of all, there's a lot of symbolism there because everything, the carpets, it's all red red until you get into Capone's Inner Sanctum and everything is blue except there's sort of like this red jacket draped over to symbolize like the blood doesn't touch Capone, but Mm. he's still very much a part of it. But the theme that they're playing has got this sort of synthesizer and it has like the electronic percussion. It's really quite 
delving into the 80s as we know it. So that was different to see the the turnabout of that from Once Upon the Time of the West to him entering the 80s and doing these scores like, do we really need the synthesizers and the, the electronic Come percussion? On. I guess we're getting it, though. Come I guess on. we're getting it. So Elliot kind of, you know, comes back to this, hey, I'm new position, totally going to do great, and realizes very quickly that uh, he's <laughs> in a very corrupt organization called the police. Mm-hmm. These ears, ha- these walls have ears. Yeah, and he's like, never going to give you up, never going to let you down. <laughs> he got rickrolled. Yeah. Hard. He wants to hurt them. Yeah, I feel Let's like do some good. Kevin Costner, while he has he's had some amazing standout roles, this era of him of the mid '80s, he seems to play sort of the same character. Like I feel like his Elliot Ness is the same in Robin temperament. Hood? As Robin Hood yep. and same temperament with um, the uh, Field of Dreams. Like just sort of this laid back. He never really raises his voice. He just sort of is there, but a little bit on the milk toast scale. Hmm. Like, I don't think he has. I will not live my life in hiding. I, I like Costner. <laughs> yeah, I like him, him a lot, but I don't think this is one of his standout performances. Now, Andy Garcia and uh, Malone are, oh, of course. are fearless. Uh, I mean, Connery won uh, an Academy Award shot, for he, this. He did. So good. There's some standout ro- roles, even for, um, God, I keep on forgetting his name, Capone. De, De Niro. Even De Niro. for De Niro, it's, those were good good rules, but I feel like Costner just didn't bring a whole lot to the table other than being Kevin Costner. Well, and Elliot's not a powerful role, I feel like. I, I don't know how they could have made... And that's the same thing I felt with De Niro's part. I was like lacking. I'm like, where... I want more De Niro. I want more Al Capone. You know, but at the same time, this isn't his story about like the crazy shit he did. Mm. It's about, you know, getting him. Yeah, what, what's Costner supposed to do? Like, you know what gets me off? Rules. <laughs> Laws. That's, good. that's what gets me off. I know some of you may drink what from time to time. What is this, a game? <laughs> I want you to stop. That ends now. Speaking of drinking, Ooh. Drew has got us a lot number 40. It's a Canadian rye whiskey. Canadian whiskey, because that's what he was trying to smuggle. Aside from beer. Ooh. Ooh. Pour you a little bit right here. Good. That's good. Thank you. Well, cheers, gentlemen. Yes! To the untouchables. To the end of Prohibition. (laughs) I feel like Charles Martin Smith when he is uh, by the the car with the uh, the whiskey barrels, and he's just like, oh, am I going to... I'm going to steal a sip. <laughs> so I didn't realize this until the second watch, but everyone that drinks dies. So oh. I mean, like, it, okay. And I just, I was like, I saw that little yeah, tidbit and I was like, oh my could, gosh, I didn't even realize that. that. Yeah. So I don't think you really see um, Costner's character taking a He doesn't a drink. drink. He doesn't drink. Or Andy Garcia. But he does say at the end, I think I'll have a drink. Well, it's yeah, legal now. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's better than a uh, a ornate umbrella. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Ness. So when they're assembling their team, Andy Garcia's character, you get the- uh, a Cuban immigrant playing an Italian once again. I love it. I love it. <laughs> the melting pot. I just, I think Andy Garcia is so good. I love it. And he's role, so young. Yeah. Oh, he's young, young, yeah. young, young. And just his attitude behind it, is very appropriate of yeah no I'm I'm here to you know nod my head and be a good cop but yeah deep down inside like I'm street 
which I love. I love that he's just, you know, he's got it right there. He's got his gun just ready to go on another cop. Like, what are you? What? And he's also very conscious of the times because he changed his name to the innocuous. Like, was it George George Stone? Stone. From like uh, Giuseppe Pellegrino or whatever, whatever we spat out. You diggle. What did you Just like a wop. Just like a wop. Why do you want to join a force? Take the property and scissory. Oh, please don't waste my time with that bullshit. Where are you from, Stone? From the south side. Stone. George Stone. What's your name? What's your real name? That is my real name. Now, what was it before you changed it? Giuseppe Petri. Jeez, I knew it. That's all you need, one thieving whop and the team. What's that you say? I said that you're a lying member of a no-good race. It's much better than you, you stinking Irish pig. Oh, I like him. Yeah, I like him too. He just joined the Treasury Department, son. Which, again, <laughs> I love the tension of that scene and how, how Malone alleviates it. Like, I like this kid. I like this so when he, kid. When he gets After the gun pulled in his face. Yeah, like, like, oh, yeah. like, you drunk Irish pig. Oh, I like him. I like it. Yeah, I like him too. If you can't trust the barrel, <laughs> go to the tree. <laughs> go to the tree. Uh but he gets outplayed in the Irish accent department. Like he is, M- Malone is not. Well, he's more doing a Scottish accent. Yeah, he's just he's like just his talking. Russian sea captain. <laughs> like that. that... <laughs> oh, I think there's a clause in his just, contract yeah, that just says, whatever you're supposed to be, just carry on in your own voice. The second film with Connery and and uh, Kevin Costner in Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Hold. Oh, there was the, the, the cameo uh, there at yeah. the end. That's right. I give this bride away. <laughs> Besides Men in Tights, which is, of course, a parody of that movie, it's still the best Robin Hood that's been done in, like, the past Ooh, 30 years. I think years. so, definitely. And the Russell Crowe's garbage, okay, and the one yeah. with, like, the oh, crossbow submachine guns was just horrible. Yes. The, the most recent one with the uh, the kid from... Crap, what's the one with uh, uh, Colin Kingsman. Firth? Yeah, the Kingsman. The kid from the Kingsman doing Robin Hood? Atrocious. Yeah. Awful, yeah. awful, awful. And we also... I mean, are we saying that... I mean, granted, we had Morgan Freeman in it, though. I mean, with the one with... Uh, Did with God him. paint you? <laughs> Did God paint me? Yes, all of love. All of love. <laughs> 30 pieces Ooh. of silver on your way to hell. <laughs> yeah, I saw that movie when I was probably 10 years old. And that line has always stuck with me as a good sort of, you know, diversity. And, it, you know. and it's a very... Uh, we're going to talk about... Robin Hood, I guess, but I, I'm it's okay with segue. that. It is. It is a, it's segue. a segue. No, I, I love how Morgan Freeman's character just opens up into it. He recognizes that this kid's just asking, like, you know, hey, you're very different. Like, why are you different? And it's it's almost like comically like, yeah, because God loves to different colors. Like, why mm-hmm. why would he just paint one color? Duh. Well. I'm agree. I'm in agreement. I liked it. So. I, I still best uh, Robin Hood of the yeah. of our time. That line of like you know like thirty pieces on your way to hell. It all it often reminds me because even at the time of watching <clears throat> of watching uh, the Disney's Three Musketeers with Tim Curry, and I'm always loving the moment where he's all like. Oh, 
human observation, not an offer. A word of caution, milady. A snap of my fingers, and you could be back on the block where I found you. And with a flick of my wrist, I could change your religion. Uh, that line stuck with me every like every day since I watched it, except for of course when the brother is just screaming, "D'Artagnan! D'Artagnan! D'Artagnan! I will not wait in my sister's honor. Will not wait a moment longer." Another favorite line of mine from Robin Hood, which I think is applicable to this situation right now. We should head back to the trees. <laughs> By which I mean our movie at hand. Yes, I liked it. i liked it i liked it uh it's very you know it follows a a sort of pondering plot this could be a play yeah well i mean it's written by david mamet so yeah it could be a play you have a playwright writing the movie elliot gets stood up like i mean it's not as intense as like you know uh, mamet's other play like glengarry glen ross which is fantastic and it's all about like being a man here comes a theater nerd, ladies and gentlemen hey, hey. <laughs> you will respect my bachelors <laughs> i just hear drew's <laughs> oh, the warden showed up drew, drew just goes <laughs> what he talks about <laughs> oh no i mean okay because even, like okay even like in glingler gary screw you break a, break a pencil <laughs> okay i mean you have now two of uh, Mammoth's plays like being put into film. And Glenn, Larry Glenn Ross was great. I love the fact that, you know, Alec Baldwin is coming in, talking to like Ed Harris and Jack Lemmon. And you, there's just a moment of he's like, hey, what's your name? What's my name? Fuck you. That's my name. And now Mammoth is putting it into the Untouchables. And it it still has the pacing. As you said, it could be a play. It has the pacing of a play. Well, like the baseball bat scene. Which is based on a true event where Capone actually took a bat to two of his gangsters who had plotted to kill Capone and then uh, took him out because he wasn't going to have any of that. That's savage. He beat, I love he, it. Beat them, he beat them in the head with a bat, then took out his gun and shot him in the head. Sunny day, stands are full of fans. What does he have to say? I'm going out there for myself. <laughs> but I get nowhere unless the team wins. Team. Jesus Christ. And then uh, Robert De Niro's method acting at that time, he, they actually had suits that survived, that they had those suits remade, same material, same cut, but for Robert De Niro's size. And then Al Capone wore a very specific size and cut of silk underwear. Mm -hmm. Even though you never saw Robert De Niro in his skivvies in this entire movie, he still requested and made the production team furnish him with silk underwear to wear while he was damn right when he was shooting his scene it's his method acting i mean he even went on the same high caloric diet that capone had in order so he could get into the character that capone was the same suits he tracked down the The tailor the tailor yeah he tracked down the tailor and he's like make me a suit (laughs) like you did for capone but i mean he couldn't gain enough weight as capone had so he actually had to have some stuffing around the midriff Elliot's the fight kind of comes to Elliot, which 
anyone that is in like like law enforcement, I'm sure is scared to death that that's where it could ever go. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have someone going, mm, nice family, like a man should take care <laughs> of That's a pretty effed up scene. That, Dude. That's and, a terrifying scene. Little girl's birthday. Mm-hmm. And he just lo- he looks, shame. Like, he looks slimy. Going after Capone, don't go down that road. Murdering <laughs> <laughs> your little girl goes down that squealed road. squealed like a stuck Irish pig. <laughs> <laughs> I got a permit for this. <laughs> and the, the white-suited gangster, he never really did much that I'm aware of that was, like, he never really topped out more, but he plays a great scumbag oh very movie. much so and he's Come got on, just the demeanor it. and this sort of give a shit attitude and yeah. even they touch on the corruption that was going on in chicago at the time where he's got a fucking permit for his pearl handled pistol a, a permit no that was real that oh, no, was no, no, no. historically real it's, it, yeah it's the sign between the mayor and the police commissioner well, the goddamn mayor of chicago is saying yeah this thug can carry his pearl handled pistol around and, wants uh, yeah yeah, no worries about it. And Elliot Ness is like, but he doesn't get to breathe that gun back in. I'm like, <laughs> don't take it your, away. That's your big thing. Like, yeah, okay. Well, well, he doesn't get to play with that toy. Like, <laughs> have you guys seen uh, Good Boys yet? Yeah, it's uh, the scabs, like oh, the yeah. anti-bully. Like Elliot Ness is like the head of the scabs. Like <laughs> scabs, scabs. He's got a gun in the courtroom. Take him out of here. I'll lead the way. You know what we need. one of us, you attack all of us. Your weakness gives us strength. Well, those kids stole my bag. Not today, bully! Not today! <laughs> I, I do like him hanging off the edge of the, of the rope and then, you know, climbing back up and Costner is up above. When he's looking him in the face, he's like, come on, Mr. Take Policeman! Shoot me! I'm right here! He knows that he can't. And he knows that he probably won't. But that's the the moment where the paladin goes, you know what? <laughs> for the good of the village. Forgive me, father, for yeah, I, I have sinned. sinned. Like, I, I'm gonna, yeah, DM, I'm going to change my alignment real quick. I'm no longer lawful good. Uh, and yeah. He, no, he's just going to, he's going to make a justification. He's going to kill him for the good of the kingdom. Because if he's dead, he can no longer contribute to the evil. He definitely did not make that decision. He just is like, no. Nah. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm done. But the uh, the white-suited gangster was the, the NPC that you had to loot to fulfill the quest. You got two pieces of information off him. You got the matchbook that had the 631 Racine on right, it, mm-hmm. right. connecting him to the murder of Malone. And then the jury tampering, like, we're paying these jury right. members, like, all this money to... Judge Let Capone innocent. Uh, so I, I sort of like that aspect of it too. Great line too. He's in the car. He's in the car. Ah, mm. He got him. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that was good. Uh, but you know, we we skipped ahead a little bit. We I like the we you know, did. like it should have been a uh, a Morricone montage. Doom, 
Gonna put our team together. Loading guns and practicing shooting. Oscar's still writing in his book. And I like how Malone would like refused him uh, the first time around until he finally brought him on board. Yeah. With the, the blood oath scene in the, the, the church, oath. which is just a great scene. And they shot that using a sort of an odd lens on the camera so they would both remain mm-hmm. in focus during it. Um, we, I was, I was going to say, like, which the scene itself is actually, it was uh, Connery's idea because originally it was taking out, it was going to be out in the street. But I like the idea that it being in a church. You, I mean, it's in a church. You're in a house of God. You're going to be honest with each other. You're going to be transparent. You're going to be honest with God that you plan to do anything on, like, unspoken. And no one's going to listen to you. Like, right. No one's, what might, are you prepared to, to do? <laughs> anything within the law. Then what are you prepared to do? Uh I I do I do enjoy it. I love the fact that it when he when Connery's character, you know, Malone did deny the first time, it's very transparent. I mean, he even says he's like, I wish I would have met you, you know, ten years ago and twenty pounds. I mean, he's telling him he's like, I'm not up for this. Why do you think I walk the beat to stay off trouble so I can come home? I can abide by the first rule of policing. I could come home alive. And he's got this great gravitas about him playing this beat cop who you could see like cracking some heads if uh, if you stepped out of line but then also having that sort of kindness of oh you you shitly kids just uh, put it back and go home yeah <laughs> just dump out the whiskey and uh, go, go, home. go home go to 631 racing put it in my oven <laughs> no. i'll enjoy it later <laughs> you don't throw your trash throw it in the trash can we, we, turned, yeah, we skipped over that you part turned your too. back on an armed armed individual well, you said you were a treasury agent. Yeah? Who would lie about that? You carry a badge? Yeah. And carry, carry a gun. gun. <laughs> right here. <laughs> do you Now, do you think that bringing the brains into the field like that was the smart... I mean, bringing him and making him a nut untouchable like that. Well, he sort of had that underdog sort of, you know, the Uh-oh. pipsqueak Uh-oh. Drew just- aspect of it. I know Drew's, <laughs> Drew's hackles got it right. Underdog? What? <laughs> but he's the slightest out of all of them. Yes. His his talents lie in, you know, the accounting and following the numbers, not the gunnery such as Andy Garcia's character, you know, who's like, yeah. when he's running through the train station and he's dual wielding, like, I'm just here like, bam, bam. <laughs> Baby Yoda's like going down the stairs in the the uh, the, tr- the pram, but uh, but that was also a setup because he was going to take a sacrificial dive for yeah. the audience to sort of get emotionally on board with. We got to take these guys down because when they murdered the guy that they got from the bridge scene and they murdered him, they wrote you know touchable. In, in blood, on, for Christ's sake, on the elevator. So, you know, it was, it was, he was sort of a little bit of a MacGuffin himself as to, you know, really clinch the emotions of why Capone needed to be taken down. Because he really liked him. And then he got murdered and sort of strangled and hung up in that elevator. Yep. And even with Malone not killing the, uh, the Diego. Uh, or, no, that was the... Uh, Just like a wop. <laughs> Get out of here. And... He, yeah, he just kind of shoes him off when he easily Gosh. could just blow him away and, and walks right into it. And he gets... I, I mean, mean, Tommy th- guns are not that accurate, no. but he gets riddled. Despite the fact that he is pummeled with bullets. He, 45 caliber bullets. 45 caliber bullets. <laughs> One. Okay. Bam, 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 bam. Bam, 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 bam. He at least did... He accomplished the first rule of policing. He did make it home alive. He made it home alive. 
did it stay that way? Not yeah. so much. But I mean, even God, it, it, it almost just angers me with the idea that like such likable characters do become touchable mainly because of the corruption of the police chief. Mm-hmm. And I just Oh Jimmy <laughs> Go home Jimmy Say I'm a cop You're a, you're a dead man a walking Jimmy <laughs> The like the true Irish like, well, Take a day off <laughs> Get out of town if you know what I mean <laughs> Wink a wink <laughs> And don't come after me like a charm All the turtles the turtles <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nellis I'd like to talk to you Oh this much Grand. Whoops. Oh, oh this money? I don't see <laughs> I no don't money. <laughs> I'm not going to badger your intelligence, Mr. Ness. But, uh, You're two, a smart man. Two of my favorite scenes. One of them was the first person perspective of the assassin infiltrating Malone's apartment. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Very that the camera shooter. work in that. I thought that was great. And, you know, when he, he thinks he's in the kitchen, he goes into the kitchen and then he's in winding up the Victrola in the, the front room. So you see the camera creeping forward and he just turns around with a double-barreled shotgun in his head, Ooh. just like a wop to bring a knife to that a gunfight. Gun um, see how nice of a suit that guy had on? Ready yeah. to like, but the look on his face. He's like, oh, ah, this, Ooh. no. Ooh. <laughs> it's a comb. Gonna put it away. <laughs> I was uh, cleaning my nails. Is this sorry. 634 racing? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad. Walk I'm right the, into this I'm one. in the wrong I apartment. thought I was in Tony's. <laughs> uh, Are you Mark? No, sorry. So he crawls though. Well, just crawl and like almost like a wounded dog. Yes. Just, oh yeah, like then, John Wick. And then yeah. it gives that like, "Why well, you prepared to do? Like, are you prepared to do?" Like I wish he, I kind of wish he would have like reminded him like this was the this was the blood oath like oh <laughs> shit this is like this is what he's talking about like I shed blood like I have held my end now you do your shit remember to swing away <laughs> <laughs> oh signs oh god if you if you prosecute Capone he will come. <laughs> That's a connotation to it anyway. Oh, you should have listened to Wallace. The taxes. And then the other scene is the bridge scene, yeah. which is like the best sort of you gunfight. <laughs> but I mean, that was the most over the top, like when uh, Malone, Malone and Kevin Costner, like they're trying to take out the one car before it could leave. They're, Malone's got the Tommy gun and uh, Costner's got the shotgun and they're just laying waste and then like the car's coming at them and what's what does Costner do not dodge out of the way no just hit the (laughs) dirt and let the car like roll to a stop over him and then you've got the brains Uh, what's his name Wallace 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 with you know he gets some moxie and and Garcia's character gets hit early on and he goes like like barbarian rage yes. mode. That's Dude. one of the best yes. scenes of the Thank movie. You. I love absolutely, that absolutely, and he hands shoot him. down. He bops him. He knocks him cold. I mean, yeah, I just, takes a glug of the whiskey. Takes a glug of the whiskey. Of I love that he's looking around. He's like, "Is anyone gonna see?" Nope. Ooh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that's some good stuff. I'll wake you up in the morning. <laughs> mm. This is good stuff. Yeah. Canadian cry. Whiskey. Ness finally, uh, they get him in court, and I, I do really like the the whole like judge switching jury moment. Oh, because that was actually a real thing. Like before the court case actually started, Capone tried to make a like a, a plea bargain with the judge, and then he had found out that the jury had been tampered with, and the judge immediately swapped out the jury. And it's just so I, I love the fact he's all like, "How did you get him to switch it?" Well, I told him he's on the he's on the ledger. 
I didn't see his name. Oh, well. <laughs> Which makes you wonder, like, wait, was like, he just... Is he further back in the book? Is he on a separate book? Mm-hmm. But it also it immediately tells you that the judge is guilty, so... Or, or back in the bridge scene where Malone is in, trying to help with the interrogation. Oh, my God. And he, I, I he love puts this. another bullet in the already dead guy because the other guy doesn't another know that he's he dead. Shoots him you don't want to talk. Eh? You can't, <laughs> can't talk with a gun <laughs> in, in your, your mouth. mouth. <laughs> oh, just, just beautiful. Just my, beautiful. And I love how the Mounties fuck up the operation. Jeez, the Mounties. The <laughs> Mounties. For Canada. <laughs> for death. For glory. <laughs> no, sir. For Canada. <laughs> And the red dog, um, the Canadian, the, the Mounties always Keys. get there. The red people, <laughs> the Mounties always get their man. Mrs. Peacock was a man. <laughs> I'm going home to my, my wife. I'm going home to sleep with my wife. Yeah, but I love that how the operation is supposed to be down to like timing and surprise, and they come boiling down out of the hills like like an old Indian rush from like a western. <laughs> Yeah, and like they're not even using the rifles, they're just like riding with their six shooters, like dead or alive. I'm trying to think the fact that like when they're storming the bridge, the gangsters are immediately pulling out guns and shooting them at all the mounties. And I'm like, are they all stormtroopers? Because they're not hitting one of those mounties. Yeah, that's they're should've... not only on a horse, but they're on. I mean, hit the horse, hit the guy. Ute, Ute. Oh. You should have done. <laughs> They just mowed down the guys with right? horses. Like- too many men. <laughs> too many horse. Too many bounty. Too many men. <laughs> oh, <that's> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> they are all perfect. <laughs> but yeah, they, none of them get shot, really. And... The gangsters try to make this like half-ass escape off the bridge, like back up, reverse, pull, <laughs> three-point turn. And Malone, I, I love that. Or no, sorry, Ness. When he's like, "All right, like you put it down," and the guy goes for the gun and you know gives a little like Italian uh, slur or whatever, and he's like. Uh, Fugazi, what, what, what are you doing? doing? Are you deaf? <laughs> what is this a game? <laughs> but like, it's such a, a funny. Boopy? <laughs> it's such a funny moment because Ness is literally like, "Is this a joke? I just killed you because you." Was that the first person he killed in the movie? Yeah, I think so. Okay, maybe so then. Yeah, that's why. That's why why it immediately is hitting him like that. But I mean... His wife doesn't have a note for that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, butterfly kiss. (laughs) And then we got the scene where Elliot gets caught with his pants down when he raids what he thinks is where they're they're keeping the whiskey, but it actually is just the... We're going back. Like the the Chinese or Japanese umbrellas. (laughs) And then once Malone comes on board, the first thing he does is like what are we gonna do we're going on a raid everybody knows where this stuff is ness and they go in and there's of course just at the post office full of barrels at the post office and he like the the guy in charge is like what are you doing here you can't do this and he just gut checks him with the butt of his shotgun he doesn't feel pretty good how do you feel like (laughs) i like that guy i mean despite the fact that he gets his head bashed in i just he reminded me of like john levitt's like just a tiny bit. I just wanted him to walk around going like, "What are you doing? This Acting. isn't good for anyone. No, this come is not on. good for business. Oh, this is not good. He's gonna be very miffed. This is gonna leave a stain." <laughs> <laughs> 
but I'm gonna be late for the brisket. <laughs> what is going on? And when he's at the dinner, he's just sitting there with a cigar, and he's all like, "Yes, mm-hmm. baseball Base- team. We are a team. American sport. I love it. I mean, I have been sitting in the dugout all, all season, game. all yeah. season, but we are a team. Uh. Yeah." What are you staring at? <laughs> is, he's behind me, right? He's behind me. Is he he's, mad? He still has the I baseball think he's bat, mad. right? He did Ooh. give me the front chair. I don't know why. <laughs> this was a good steak, though. <laughs> this was Salve, good everyone. <laughs> it's been good. It's been fun. Hasn't been real fun. But also the media at the time, like he gets raked over the coals by the media. But that was like the next morning. And there's the one scene where the <laughs> cops are kind of talking shit about it when Ness shows up. And they're like, shh. But if this was today, it would have been like... 12.35, Ness goes on raid. 12.42, Ness bumbles it. You know, <laughs> 7 a.m., Ness is a little bitch. <laughs> Every but then other- Ness would have tweeted out, like, uh, was totally set up, I uh, can't believe uh, it corruption. Was a, it was a perfect raid. <laughs> Everything about the raid was good. There was no quid pro booze. Witch hunt. Witch hunt. Watching, like, the headlines come up, all I could think about was all, like, reading Sergeant Angle. Hey, that, w- that weren't me. <laughs> We're actually on 53. <laughs> Nicholas Angle. <laughs> you have a mustache. Jack wasn't, Jack wasn't yeah. into that. He, he's not. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, I know. <laughs> Don't a, worry, Andy. It's just Polynesian. A uh, right. All right. So he finally gets Capone. He does it, even though it's uh, but not before the train stations. Yes, Let's my get baby. Into- Which is it was it's so iconic it was parodied in Naked Gun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's parodied in a lot of things. It's parodied in a lot of things, but that was a a a great, well done, well shot, well cut scene. The tension rat like. E- it takes almost like it almost takes it's a too long. Slow burn for it. Like the gangster the that that knew him from before, whose nose was broken, is like, and the shotgun just comes up. Yeah, like that. That is some good gunfighting, and I love. And you know, Andy Garcia comes and he slides. He catches the baby carriage while throwing Elliot Ness yes! the gun, so they can finish all the bad guys. The last goon hero. grabs the uh, the accountant. <laughs> And has got him like, you'll never get me. I'm, I'm leaving with and, uh, the buck keeper. I love I'll how Elliot Ness is just like, you got him. One. I got him. I got him. Two. Take him. Bam. Like, mm, chills every time. Because he's every so time. stone cold just like, just watching him. And he's like, yeah, fucking got him. Of course. I, like, like you should have been like, what? You really think I don't got him? Like, come on, you know me. I'm, I'm the rogue of the group. I got like a plus six to this. Yeah. I mean, his first shot is just Rolls like you know, twenty sideways hand gun, boom, 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 and you're like, that's uh, four head shots and uh, two to the chest. And is did you hit his penis? Okay, you hit his penis. <laughs> you're getting the, the shot. The goblin is dead. Okay, you got him. Like, gosh. And also the great effects on, they. there was a lot of use of the shotgun in this, which doesn't happen as much anymore. Usually they're submachine guns or machine guns or yeah. just pistols. Yeah. But man, just laying waste to those gangsters with a shotgun. Mm. And like at one point the the mom tries to go after the baby carriage and he like throws her down so yeah. he can take out one of the guys like get down. Oh, the sailor gets sh- like takes the bullets for the baby like a baby way to go sailor drinking one for the sailor right now <laughs> to the sailor to the sailor. sailor what are you prepared to do sailor. <laughs> <sighs> Are we ready for segments? Is it wrapped up? 
No, we got the, we got the the rooftop chase, but yeah. I, I feel like after like once that the gangster in white is found out, like that's you know. that's tedious that chase. Yeah, on the rooftops, you know, like Elliot. Did like, did oh, like did the, he fall off the roof? And then like the, fake the gangster out, yeah. goes over, and Elliot shoots. It's like oh, headshot, but no, it's just that. <laughs> he hat. takes the hat then, off. Yeah, like the five minutes of climbing down the rope, and it seems like it was ten feet from the bottom, and then he decides to climb back up the do rope. We, do we like that the the bailiff kind of cop is like, here, take it. Like after he gets shot, like, he's just like. Shit, I totally... Yeah, it's the fifth element I right totally there. Like, yeah, this, is the div- this is the divine <laughs> being of my gun. Go, she, go get him. She needs you. <laughs> you <laughs> protect her. And you get, you get the closure of him getting thrown off the building, basically. Even the car. Yeah. And then I do love the scene where, where you know, Robert De is like, do something, do something, like throwing his lawyer up there. He's like, we'd like to change our plea to guilty. Oh, and he's like, he, I think he punches his lawyer in the face at that point. And he's like, like he's going off. Your Honor, what is justice? What is, is this justice? Is this justice? Which actually, the only time that Ness and Capone actually even met in real life was during like a prison transfer. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they never really met even in the courtroom, anything in the hotel, which the only time that they, that Ness actually confronts Capone is in the hotel, mm-hmm. you know, and then in the courtroom. That's it. You're going to cuss in front of my kid? <laughs> <laughs> but then like the courtroom turns into like the bad news bears winning the the. the championship game yeah. at the end and the crowd's going wild and then i thought it was a little hokey with costner where he's like you never stop you never stop till you win here endeth the lesson here endeth the, end the lesson, lesson. he's like, like i don't know what that means like i, I, I wasn't a part of what, you and you know, the what lesson did i enroll yeah. in a school go to alcatraz and go nuts from syphilis you <laughs> son of a bitch which is what happened to Capone. yeah he did yeah I mean, I would, wait, I would, is The Rock about Al Capone? No, well, no. Al Capone just went to The Rock, but he's, <laughs> he, did, yeah. he was highly affected by syphilis. And I think he was released like Ooh. six months before he died. And that was like a, uh, there's a term for it. Like a hospice? Uh, no, it's sort of like a, you're going to die. So we're going to let you out of prison before you do die sort of a thing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, they don't do it as much anymore, but eh, you go to, you go to yeah. jail for tax evasion, I guess, you know. Right. That. I mean, and I was telling <laughs> Jack cool. like earlier. I think it's probably a little bit good that you have older actors portraying the characters that we are being presented already. Yeah. Because, I mean, Capone was 24 years old when he took over Chicago. 24. All right. That's, and he, that's crazy. And he finally wasn't even arrested until he was 31. Now, De Niro does not look like he's 31. Okay. For the makeup to be put on him, it, yeah. took, it took like three hours at a time to get like the scars right, to get, you know, you know the pudge, the ma- I mean, everything done. There's a bit of like solidarity and comfort in the fact that you have such a charismatic actor as De Niro. He does so good, too. And he really does. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had a young Capone, if you had a young actor, a th- like a 31-something, playing this role, sorry, uh, it's not going to do it for me. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, they're coming off such of a hype from, uh, like, Goodfellas, you know, going well. Right? Goodfellas was before? Well, especially after Oscar Wallace dies. And yeah. he, he goes to Capone's... You know, I love that scene where he's like, let's do this now. And, and uh, Robert Deere was like, you want to do this now? Fine, let's do this now. I thought that was a lot of lot more emotion than you got out of Capone in this. But I think before we do segments, the only other thing I'd say is this was the uh, big screen debut of Patricia Clarkson, who was in it for okay. about 30 seconds really? as Elliot Ness's okay. wife. Yeah. I liked her. And then, you know, back again with the station agent. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've noticed. It all that, comes around. I'm noticing that with a lot of our films, we're having like double and like dual. Uh, 
well, double and dual, same and thing. She also but played. Like we're the, having actors coming. Oh, go ahead. Oh, that was it. I mean, we're having a lot of you know replay of, mm-hmm. of different actors coming in. And then she also played the mom who had uh, Munchausen's by proxy in an HBO series called Sharp Objects, yes. which was fan fucking. It is good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I had not watched it, but it. Yeah. It is it's, on. It's, it's on the list. It's not necessarily a feel good series. Mm. It's just well done. Did either of you look up how many people were offered like specific roles? Like Bob Hoskins was paid $200,000 to not accept the role as Capone and be a backup. Huh. So he got he got 200 grand to not play the role if De Niro like was going to take it or was going to take it and then suddenly <laughs> dropped out or anything. Marlon Brando denied <laughs> himself Five million dollars for was it like two weeks to, of work for just two weeks of work to be Capone? You should see the list. I have it on my phone. It's over there too. But the the list of people that were considered for Elliot Ness huge. Nicholas Cage was like it, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. I mean, God, that would have been a movie. <laughs> Here endeth the, the lesson. lesson. <laughs> you mean there's no booze in these crates? <laughs> Bullshit, man. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch! You got to have bitches. You think the booze is gonna stop because we take down Capone? No, you're all murderers, Capone. You're all murderers. Uh, oh wait, hold on. I think I might actually. I have it. Sorry, I'm so. I'm so interested in the fact that like there's this there's just this massive list of people that were up for the role of Elliot Ness. And okay, here we go. So like, Alec, damn. Was that you thinking about theater? Okay, so like a huge list of people that were considered for the role of Elliot Ness. Alec Baldwin, Nicholas Cage, Michael Douglas, Rutger Hauer, Ed Harris, William Hurt, Don Johnson, Michael Keaton, Mel Gibson, Christopher Lambert, Stephen Lang, John Malkovich, Ron Perlman, Kurt Russell, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, John Travolta, Bruce Willis, <laughs> Arnold and James Wood. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the most random person in the entire list. So like, I, we've gone get the cabot and the booze. I know most of you may take a drink every now and then. Is what this time for my shirt? Is now. it time for my shirtless scene? There, there's no shirtless scene. No, it's time for it now. <laughs> Elliot Ness loves to be shirtless. I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ness, is that the whiskey? This is not the whiskey. <laughs> okay, we're going to raid the post office now. One, two, three, four. Let's do some good. You know he's going to walk up to Capone and go like, are these your taxes? <laughs> but I, I heard Mel Gibson was close to accepting, but he was already engaged to do a movie called Lethal Weapon. It really? Came out the yeah. Really? I've, yeah. I've heard good things. Yeah. It did okay. <laughs> it did the okay. first couple were it all right. Okay. Then it kind of went Untouchables down. 2, 3, and 4, not so good. No, <laughs> wait, that didn't happen. You know, they wanted to actually make an Untouchables 2, The Rise of Capone, as a prequel. And they wanted to do like a young Elliot Ness and, you know, Which, getting into the idea of like Capone rising to power. But like you would miss out on that's like the Lord of the Rings before talking like the rings. I mean, the untouchables are Elliot Ness and his untouchables. Right. This is why we're getting the Amazon, you know, Cimmerillion series. There you go. <laughs> I mean, take what you can get. Take what you can get. Segments. Segments. All right. For the first segment for the untouchables we have. You're not to prove of your methods. Yeah? Well, you're not from Chicago. 
Uh, so everyone has something about their hometown that you really wouldn't understand unless you grew up there. Be it a food, a saying, a location, an event, or even a local legend. Uh, so give me some of your uh, hometown lore, and if uh, we don't understand, maybe it's not because we're from blank. So from Southwest Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, that area, food, Cincinnati chili. Yeah. I just recently learned about this. So Cincinnati chili, uh, sort of like Wiener Schnitzel, like the chili on the chili dog is not a something you would put in a bowl with cheese and crackers and eat with a spoon. It's strictly a topping. Mm-hmm. I prefer the conies, the cheese conies, though they have three, right, the three and four ways, which is spaghetti, cheddar cheese, and then the, glopped with chili, with and then raw onion, yep. and that I, I didn't prefer, but... Every time I go back, Cincinnati chili makes an amazing hangover breakfast. I have Cincinnati chili mix in mm-hmm. that cupboard right over there. And then there's a uh, getta, which is found in that region because a lot of German immigrants came to that because the, the first American Oktoberfest was actually in Cincinnati, Ohio. Wow. Really? And so getta is how they would make ends meet during the Depression. Where getta is pork scraps mixed with spices. You can either get savory or hot. And oats. And so you form it into a patty. And you fry it almost like a sausage patty. But you get this sort of the fatty and the meatiness of the pork. And then you get a little bit of the crunch from Mm. the the oats that are in it. Is it like scrapple? it's related to it. Okay. Definitely. Okay, definitely. so I mean, just giving me like an idea of like what it is. And then you guys have had Bahama Mamas. I don't yes. know if you liked them, but I spicy, very much spicy them. pork brat from uh, yeah. Columbus. Regional game Euchre, which I think I taught you one time back A in the day. A fun game. A fun game. Uh, but that's best played not with people who don't know, but the folks you do know. Four player game and everybody knows the rules, so you don't have to think about the rules. So you're just laying cards and making bids and then... Chewing the fat with your friends. It's a great social game. Uh, Location, uh, Yellow Springs, Ohio, which is where uh, Dave Chappelle ended up. Uh, But Yellow Springs is not far from Dayton. It's this old hippie town. Antioch University is is not too far away. The food, the shops, the setting, the vibe, and it's surrounded on two sides by two parks, national parks, uh, John Bryant and uh, Glen Helen. And going out to, to Yellow Springs on like a Saturday, it's just a perfect day. You go out, you have breakfast, you go out, do some hiking, come back into town, do some shopping, stop into one of the music venues, have some beer, see some live music. Go to the record store, go to the mom and pop bookstore. Just a great little day. Uh, the, pretty good. <laughs> the event, this part of the country is everything has got a fest. So Oktoberfest, there's a ton of them. Italian fest, Greek fest. I've tried to go to some of these things in Bakersfield and there may be like 50 people there. Mm. Whereas these venues, you know, are, are parks that are bought out and thousands of people will show up there's altar fest which is the local catholic high school they they use it to get funding it's basically just like state sanctioned gambling where they have a tent where they're playing poker okay and you know the house always wins and then if you win big you're encouraged to donate it to (laughs) to the school thank you for winning we'll take it back yeah (laughs) and then the uh, the local legend or the local lore is uh King's Island, it's now Paramount's King's Island, is uh, about 45 minutes away. It's a pretty big amusement park. Not as big as Cedar Point, but on par of like uh, Magic Mountain. And uh, there was always a legend that circulated through middle school and high school that during a a, a school trip, because we went there in eighth grade and in high school, that uh, a student was selling acid. Whoa. 
he went on one of the water rides and he had the sheets of acid in his pocket <laughs> and the water soaked the acid out of the paper and leached into his body and he went like crazy and died. Oh no. That's sorry. like the local local oh like the local legend of the you know everybody Dang. in that region who grew up there in the 90s has heard about the guy who had all the acid soaked into him and like went Jeez. butt fucking crazy. Wow. Okay. So yeah, Man. Ohio. Ohio. All right. I will talk about Bakersfield. <laughs> Bakersfield. <laughs> On the streets of Bakersfield. So, I mean, just to start that off, music, country music is just like a thing here. You know, Buck Owens, obviously. Merle Haggard. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have the famous Buck Owens Crystal Palace. And actually, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I made a list. And there was actually there's actually a Facebook page that's really funny that's actually that's uh, titled, You Know You're From Bakersfield When? And people will post like relatable jokes, memes that they create for okay. here in town. I think it's kind of funny. So uh, places that you can go around town, you definitely know you are in Bakersfield and you have to have been here quite a while to have this knowledge well established. Oildale, mm-hmm. all right? You got to know what Oildale is. This is like our... The 08. The 08. You are an 08-er, all right? This is kind of our um, maybe slightly downtrodden. And uh, I, I say this with love and care because my my grandmother lived in Oildale, like for a good portion of her life. My Jack is mother literally grew drinking, up there. is drinking a Kern County lager. Mmm, Kern County lager. Wow. Uh, but yeah, Oildale is uh, basically our white trash Don't area. Don't buy in your green beer. <laughs> <laughs> the green beer. You think there were a lot of 08ers at, uh, at Trump's little thing tonight? Probably I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's lots of different people. <laughs> there. Back in the pile. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so other things that you would go out and do in Bakersfield. Um, something that's always kind of like well-known, especially something that I grew up doing. Uh, you go to Hagen Oaks across near the marketplace and you go around and see, you see Christmas lights out there. Mm-hmm. You go to Calm, all right, for the Christmas light show. That's something that's really well known in town. The Kern County Fair, which doesn't really ever change that much, except for, you know, the different uh, events and performers that usually come in. But if you go to the fair once, you You've never been. you never really need, no, need to go again. However, like things are changing at the fair. You have uh, like Bakersfield Comic Con is getting better every single year and it's actually growing quite well. Uh, same thing for like, you know, anime, uh, uh, Bach anime, they call it. Um, it's like the Bakersfield anime convention. Uh, something that I always found kind of uh, hilarious. Uh, Basque food is our fancy food here in town. <laughs> and we have quite a few Basque restaurants. Do. I, I will eat the hell out of cow's tongue. Yeah, so I will fight you yeah. for it. I will fight it's you for the, it. It's the tongue. richest roast beef you've ever had. Yep. It's, yep. And it's poor people food, but it's so expensive. It's, well, because literally cabbage because soup they make- with beans <laughs> and salsa. And it's so good. And fried chicken and, yeah. you know, French fries, oxtail soup. It's just, it's delicious, simple food that is ridiculously kind of expensive. Unless you're going to do it like family style. Shout out Noriega's. Yes. Mm-hmm. Shout out Noriega's wool, uh, wool growers as well. Yeah. Wool growers. I mean, I like wool growers. It's second. I, I grew up more on wool growers than Noriega's. I'm I not do, a Benji's fan. I appreciate I Noriega's. Been to, I've Benji's only been to wool okay. growers. I haven't been to Benji's or Noriega's. Noriega's is the oldest one in town, and it actually is, I would prefer it. We need to go to Noriega's. Yeah, we do. I agree. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's um, yeah. In and Out kind of has most people's hearts <laughs> here in town. I, I mentioned country music and Buck Owens. I always said that Bakersfield is the biggest little town 
you will ever live in. Because most people know every, everybody's business, all right? It's very close to LA. It's actually one of the fastest growing cities next to like LA and Vegas. And uh, although I find it ironic that Bakersfield has one of the highest new business rate, uh, new business uh, percentages, but also one of the highest like business dropouts. <laughs> like new businesses fail. I see that. But new businesses come in. And um, one of the most hilarious factors of Bakersfield that I kind of love is that Bakersfield is a black hole. Like if you live here, <laughs> Jack is just nodding his head. He's like, I've learned this. Time dilation. <laughs> You're a black hole. You're stuck here. This There's... little maneuver is going to cost us about 51 years. Yeah. <laughs> There's a story of a guy, and I think he, he is a teacher, and I can't remember if he taught at like BHS or at North or something, but his car broke down. And while he was waiting for his car to get fixed, he ended up staying. And he got a job teaching, and, and then he just was living here. Wow. Okay. Right? Just because his car broke down. Uh, the only other thing that I could possibly think of for Bakersfield that's kind of like iconic and notable about the town, the Padre Hotel. <laughs> uh, the Padre Hotel along with the uh, Fox Theater, because there's I think there's only two Fox Theaters. You have one here and you have one in Taft. Well, and fantastic, like, Mexican and... Latino food. Oh, very much. Oh. The the papooses. Yes. Salvadorian. Salvadorian. Mm. The the one thing I got to mention about food, and we're going to go dessert now. The one thing that you can only find in Bakersfield, and most people are kind of curious about it when they see it, and they possibly want to give it a try, Dewar's Chews. Yeah. You can only find that in here in, in Kern County, unless you're going to order and have it be shipped out. But yeah, like Dewar's, I remember going on a trip to New York when I was a kid, and we brought like the peanut butter chews. And like the flight attendants saw what we were eating, and they're like, what is that? And they're like, oh, it's a peanut butter chew. No, I mean, I understand. What is it? What do you mean you don't know what a peanut butter chew is? Like little eighth graders are confused as to why people from Did non God paint County. you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Yeah. Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Well, I grew up in good old Kern Valley, and I'm just going to go over it like a couple of quick ones. Uh, the biggest one, Whiskey Flat Days, which I've which heard just, legends. It's, which uh, just happened. It just happened, and um, it usually happens right, right around this February time period. And it's a time where it's to celebrate the kind of the origins of old Kernville and um, mm-hmm. how it... Whiskey? Whiskey. And... Whiskey. and it's become a little bit more of like the old people really get into it. They love to dress up like cowboys and, and do skits and they have a little parade. They have a bunch of food. I had a um, friend who just got, he, well, he, he took part in a, uh, a staging. He, he got shot over a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's the ones, the kids that like get stuck in Kern Valley and like have to live there forever and grow up there and, and get old. And they kind of take over as like, old people die they just kind of like slip into those roles very easily and it's sad but it's it's a it's a fun little get together and once you've done it you're like that was kind of cool i don't know if i want to go back but (laughs) that was fun is this how kernville was nathan Nah, slick it's never this clean (laughs) (laughs) and then the second thing is i would say uh, the killer kern which is our lore of Everyone knows about it as the Killer Kern, which I rafted it for four years. I love it. If you respect the river and treat it with respect, with respect <laughs> then you're going to be fine but, uh, for the most part. But if you get on a, a $12.99 Walmart intertube and think you're going <laughs> to go down often. the Kern yeah. River and, and come out the other end, then you're sorely mistaken. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think people really understand like how dangerous it is. I mean, we've had, I think we've had two students drown in the, in the Kern River in you know the past couple of years. It, it's just, I mean, 
mean, God, you got to be so careful. Don't be neglectful of like how dangerous it actually is. Exactly. So I'm going to switch it up and we're going to go to the second segment, which was the third. But we're going to leave the second one as the third because. OK, that's it's, fine. That's it's, fine. Yeah, no, it's, it's too it's good. It's probably the best. All right. So for this segment, it, this is not my first barbecue. So Sean fucking Connery <laughs> showed up on set in his golf clothes. And I guess they did a close open, uh, close open of his face. And they dismissed him for the day, and he came back after a full day of golf, acted for five minutes, and then went home. Andy Garcia and Charles Martin Smith grabbed him after the scene and said, Hey, that was pretty clever of you. You just got back from golf. Uh, you turn up for five minutes uh, and do your scene, and that's it. And Connery turned to them and said, This is not my first barbecue. <laughs> Which, first of all, Sean Connery, bravo. Bravo. You are the man. Wow. So, gentlemen, what was your first barbecue? What was your first job? And second, what was your, this is not my first barbecue moment where you showed a coworker that you, you can handle your shit. You got it. Drew. So, my first job that, I mean, like, first, like, official job. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to count things like, you know, babysitting or anything like that. But like a first official uh, job, I worked at the Rosedale Christmas Tree Farm when it was still around on, you know, Rosedale Highway before uh, it got, I think, bought out by like PG&E. They claimed they were going to use the land, but they never, they never did. Fun little fact, they made my friend who owned it clean out all the trees and uh, they wouldn't, they didn't pay him for cleaning out all the trees. So he left one Christmas tree in the far back <laughs> corner to the trees <laughs> as like a screw you but yeah i mean i would work there seasonally and i would uh help people uh you know cut down their trees if need be net them flock them carry them to the uh Ooh, terminology i like it <laughs> <laughs> carry them probably uh, flocked carry them out to the car uh tag the trees water them if need be run the cash register what have you i mean it was it was nice it was just it was seasonal work and yeah i mean that was technically like my first job i what was your not your Might first barbecue? 12. My my not my first barbecue, I would honestly have to say like going into teaching, like going into my first year and having to be observed like, you know, how was I, you know, <clears throat> covering my classes? How was I teaching certain materials? And I guess like how like my experience beforehand had gone into it is because I had done uh, substitute teaching for an entire year before I actually went into and taught. So because like after I after I graduated and you know, uh, from college, I, I took a year off and then I just, uh, I substitute taught and I just, I just, I did high school, I did elementary school and then I went back and I got my credential and then went in. And yeah, I, I think it really, really helped me prepare in order to how to like deal with the kids and everything like that. And because I mean, even getting observed, I had like administrators tell me and they're like, you're doing fine. Like my department chairs would observe me and they're like, you're good. And then I'm like, yeah, I had a, like, I had, you know, a good amount of years substitute teaching. What are you willing to do? <laughs> <laughs> Thus endeth the lesson. Thus endeth the lesson. <laughs> that, that's how you should end every period. <laughs> the, yes! You know Bell what? rings. <laughs> Thus endeth the lesson. lesson. You know what? I'll try that next week. Usually on Fridays, I say the same thing to them before they leave. I, I tell them, I'm like, all right, have a good weekend. Be smart. Be safe. Make good choices. And uh, that's usually my send off to them. Get some fake blood and just grab one of the kids. And, <laughs> what are you prepared <laughs> to do? <laughs> oh my God, Mr. Hamble. I don't know. <laughs> Throw him to the ground. <laughs> the th ninja the lesson. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, my first job was my first real job was Vaughn's, um, but my first actual like job that I got paid that was not like a, just a corporate. I worked as a dishwasher uh, for the Wild Wild West Cafe. <laughs> 
yeah. does that is that still in existence? It uh, it is not. Um, it, it is wild, now. Wild West. It is now technically, I think, the Alta Sierra like ski. You know, was it a Will Smith? No, touch my breast. Yeah. I don't want to touch you. <laughs> it was just a cafe up on Alta Sierra. Kenneth Brada. And it was it was just a dishwashing job. It wasn't fantastic, but um Dishwashing is soul crushing. It is. I had to do that a couple of times. It's very soul crushing. It's just there's it's an assembly line. <laughs> but my my moment of realizing, oh yeah, this is not my first barbecue was in firefighting, my third year. And I remember because I remember in my rookie year, I didn't know what the hell I was doing besides like what they taught me. So I didn't know like what to bring besides what they told, you know, what they told me. And food wise, I would eat my MRE. I wouldn't heat it up. I just would eat it. And, you know, and I didn't have any books with me. I didn't, you know, I just was this little greenhorn kid that's just like, I don't know what I'm doing. My third year, I remember one of our, one of the guys, one of our greenhorns, his name was, we just called him Rook. And I remember him watching me and I open up my bag where normally, you know, everyone has like their like firefighting gear. And I pull out two Pepsis. I pull out <laughs> a, like a frozen dinner that I had like wrapped in tin foil. I laid it out. One of my, my swamper brought out uh, carne asada and like we are laying out things and having a little feast and he's just watching us and eating his MRE. Yeah, just eating. And I'm like, mm, Rook. <laughs> Have you ever had an MRE? No, but I hear it, gives, it stops you up. Oh, it can. Yes. Uh I- I've had like two different MREs. Not not complaining. I mean, like if you, I mean, if it's what you got, it's not bad. I mean, it's obviously not like a four course meal. I've always wanted to try one, and I'm I'm in, I'm very enthusiastic about watching the YouTube channels where they're open other countries oh, oh, MREs. Old ones like in oh, yeah, yeah. old ones. Yeah, those are fun to watch. We should do like, like a, there's a an MRE in the army now. There's a <laughs> there's an Italian MRE that has a little alcoholic cordial in it, like. It's, That's it's interesting. Cool. But anyway, anyway. But maybe, yeah, maybe that'd be a Patreon special. Hmm. In the Army Now and MREs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you get Chili Mac, it's delish. But I mean, vegetarian omelet, not so great. Jeez. Oh, Andrew, the- I feel like we, we could do better than In the Army Now. I know. I just think. Polly Shore? I, mean, <laughs> I just think it's funny. <laughs> it's it's Polly Shore it's the underdog. <laughs> free Mahi Mahi. Free Mahi Mahi. <laughs> We could definitely do better than in, in, in Army Now. I just I think it's funny sometimes. Yeah. Well, the first barbecue, uh, my first real paid job was Ace Hardware when I was a uh, mm. the fall of my sophomore year in high school. But my first real real job was my grandfather was a firefighter. He retired as a chief, and then he'd learned from his father how to lay tile floors, bathrooms. Uh, you know, tile a. Uh, you know, fireplace. I was basically his gopher bitch boy. It happened. And my job was to unbox tile, bring the dial to bring the tiles to him Unbroken. and then mix the, yes. And they were heavy and then mix the, he called it just mud, but like the mastic that you had mm-hmm. to use to mm-hmm. bind the tiles to the floor or the wall or whatever you were using. And I just remember he showed me once how to mix it. And he had the big, huge, like double handed hand mixer. And you put it in a five gallon bucket with some water and I would, work and then i would have to lug this like 
30 pounds of mastic to wherever in that the building site he was and he would just run a finger through it and then glop it back into the bucket and go too thick and then i would go back and i would add a little bit of water and i would remix it and Send i would, the floor. And I would come thin. back and he'd run his fingers through it glop it back in the bucket and go too thin and it was just this like daniel son show me sand the floor god <laughs> damn you man and so um yeah he had all of his little like his little buckets and stuff and one of them was we would put water in that and we had sponges so that when the tile was laid that you could wipe off the tile and get any mastic or fingerprints Mm. off of it while it's set and so we had lunch and i would pack my own lunch and have like a ham sandwich and like a banana he would have this like four course meal that my grandmother had packed from him for the night before and then he would get up because there's no functioning bathrooms on the build site usually there may be an outhouse somewhere or like a porta potty somewhere down the road and he would just get up and then dump the water out of the sponge you know the little bucket with the sponge in that we used to wipe off the top piss in it and then just walk out to the deck and dump it over swish a little water in it and i'm like are you kidding me i've been wiping down tiles for like two hours and this is your piss bucket oh Oh, man so that was that was kind of soul crushing great experience the great bonding with my grandfather but soul crushing then my uh this isn't my first rodeo is uh my current job and so i do a little bit of contracting on the side so we'll have these medical conferences and every now and again they'll ask me to give a little little talk like a little 10 minute thing i want to be drunk at one of these things and just be like (laughs) i fucking know him jack (laughs) so so it's it's the it's the morning uh, and i'm giving a talk and there are some other employees there that have traveled from some of the other offices my name is on like the agenda but i don't think any of them really read it so i get up to go get mic'd up and the next talk is going to go on in like five minutes or so so one of the newer employees just says do you want me to take like some notes or some bullet points on the next speaker while you're gone and i kind of smirked i was like no that'll that's okay and then i walk out onto stage up to the podium and the look on their face is just absolutely priceless because they didn't know that i was the one giving the talk and i'm like leaving to get mic'd up and they're like you want to take some some notes for you on the next speaker i'm like the next speaker (laughs) no no i don't need some notes but if you have criticism i'll take that so yeah that's that the third and final a few good men if you could assemble a squad of untouchables from the movies we've reviewed in the past seasons and episodes who would you put in the role of the leader costner the street smart connery the crack shot sharpshooter garcia and the brains oscar wallace who wants to go first i'm not gonna go first okay i'll go i'll go first you go first okay so, so I, I picked two people. I mean, I'll go first if, did everyone just pick one person for each? No. Okay. So I ended up listing out several. Okay. I have about three for each. I did three. I did, I did a, a badass ensemble. I did a fun ensemble and oh. I did a fuck off ensemble. He, wow. He went, yeah. he went too fun with this. Okay. So I, I like it though. I'll, I, like I mean, well, I guess I'll give like my twos for each one. Okay. So okay. for the leader. Cooper from Interstellar. Cooper. 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 Cooper Station. <laughs> um, just because I think he's a good leader. Gandalf, the white. 
is your leader. Oh, the other leader. Okay. Just because, uh, and he's kind of an intermix between that and brains, just because I guess like, you can call brains, you know, wizard. At first life on uh, first light on the fifth day, <laughs> look to the Canadian bridge on the border. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Ness stands alone. <laughs> Not alone. <laughs> Rohira? <laughs> uh, so street smarts, John Spartan from Demolition Man. Because that mother knows his stuff. They even brought him back because he's so street smart. But you know Taco Bell won the fast food wars. <laughs> uh, three shells? <laughs> he doesn't know about the three shells. Happy right. in the valley. And valley this in the garden. Valley of the jolly green giant. And this is kind of like a, an, a, I don't think either of you guys picked this person for street smarts, but Steven's my name from Braveheart. <laughs> because this is my island. My island. Because that guy knows everyone and he's like, oh, good to see you. Like, so. The Lord says, I'm fine, but you're fucked. <laughs> Great, I think great street smarts. <laughs> Sharpshooter, and I bet I'm gonna put money down that you guys you have one of these two hands down. Hmm. Rudy from Monster Squad. Anybody? No. No. Oh wow. Okay. And John Preston from <laughs> Equilibrium. Yeah. I I I went back through our video or yep. discography, yep. and I went through every episode and thought about it. As soon, and I'm sorry, Patreon subscriber. <laughs> But as soon as I saw Equilibrium, I was like, not going to think about that. Move on to the next one. But I mean, like, he is the best sharpshooter possible. Well, not even a sharpshooter. Like, like he's you. perfectly aimed. He has the damn training for he's it. He's got gun, gun he's cut. Got gun cut so, Does yeah. he, though? Does he? Does he? Uh, I mean, as, lo- as long as he is on his meds, he's focused. And then for, uh, for brains, I went Catherine Johnson from Hidden Figures. Cause, Cause that bitch smart, and if if any time I need her to like go full on gangster, that actress was in uh, Hustle and Flow. She's in uh, she's in the show Empire, Cookie, and she gets she is crazy. Anyways, and then also um, Eddie Mora from Limitless. It was a toss up between him because or obviously the brains. Because yeah, I mean you know okay. he's got the brains. Okay, good. Or. I was actually going to possibly slip in Peyton Westlake from, from Dark Man. <laughs> Give me five bucks. Like, but yeah. So take <laughs> out Capone. Just five bucks. <laughs> Julie. Take the fucking elephant. <laughs> take the fucking taxes. <laughs> May I go next? You want to go? Go for All it. Right. Go for so it. So out of my three, I'm going to go slightly... I'm going to go sequentially per grouping for mine. So this is my badass grouping. The leader is Katsumoto, Ken Watanabe, the last yeah. samurai. I would just like to see him barking orders and just gutting people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My uh, uh, street smarts is Cheyenne, Jason Robards from Once But a Time in the West. Uh, my sharpshooter is Johnny fucking Utah, Keanu Reeves. Point break. Uh, like the scene in the train station, like instead of him sliding on his knees, he's like now like skateboarding in with the gun that he throws to Elliot and They're surfers. <laughs> and then my brains is, of course, Tars, Bill Irwin. Uh, yeah. And he's, he's the analytics and he's the smarts of the group. My fun grouping is Corbin Dallas, Bruce Willis from Fifth Element. Then my, my street smarts is Nigel. 
Stanley Tucci from The Devil Wears Prada mm. because he was the street smarts of that movie. Like, yeah, he, he knew the he ins won. and outs yeah, of it. Won. And I would like to see him sort of like schmoozing, like, yeah, you know, where the, you know where they got the whiskey at? Yeah, yeah, the whiskey. <laughs> oh, and then um, my sharpshooter is Harmonica from, again, Charles Bronson, One Time in the West. And then uh, my brains for this group is uh, Leonardo Chimito or Scary German Guy from Monster Squad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm glad, I S- I'm glad Monster Squad got a couple of <laughs> shout outs to this. And then finally, my, and I call this my fuck off group, is uh, the leader is California Highway Patrolman Officer Edward Malice, Nick Cage, <laughs> Wicker Man. Wow. Followed up with Roy Waller. Nick Cage, Matchstick Man, <laughs> as the Street Smarts. Yes. The yes. sharpshooter is Nobu, or Shin Koyamada <laughs> from The Last Samurai. No, my. <laughs> and then my brains is Patrick McGuhan, King Edward I Longshanks from Braveheart. <laughs> Breed them out, and I and I just have this image of my mind of the 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 group of them together. Edward Malice from Wicker Man is just punching random people in the face, <laughs> while Roy Waller is is talking with Nobu. And Nobu's going too many mine, and he's like bullshit, man. <laughs> while fucking Patrick McGuhan is in the background going, "If we have to drive them out, we must breed them out." Oh and my god! Prima nocta. Send in the immigrant cops. <laughs> They cost nothing. Oh my god! (laughs) Okay, so I had I had two different uh, two different listings. Um, Usually, most of them have like about three, but I'm only going to do about two. Uh, So for my leader, I also had Gandalf because I mean, what's going to beat a really smart wizard who has already died and come back? So he's Gandalf the White. Yeah. All right. Uh, For the uh, street smarts. I want James Bond. Okay? True. Very true. I want James Bond. James Bond is crafty. He can run like hell, chase people down. He knows different areas and how to crack into places. And you're getting Casino Royale, Bond. And you're getting Casino Royale. Parkouring Daniel like a Craig. crazy man. Yes. Yes. Parkouring. Parkour. <laughs> okay, my, my, uh, my crack shot is going to be Preston from yeah. Equilibrium, hands down. Limitless. It is, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Brains, it is going to be Limitless with Eddie him, Mora. Eddie Mora, on, yeah. the, on, the, on the drug. On the drug, obviously. Yeah. Uh, on the drug. Uh, a little bit more of a fun group. It is going to be Corbin Dallas for the leader. All right. Uh, for my street smarts, I would like Wesley the for the Princess Bride. Ooh. He is my crafty motherfucker for this grouping. Okay. Okay. For my uh, crack shot, I'm getting Lucky Ned from Three Amigos because he is the fastest draw. <laughs> okay. And uh, for the brains, how are they going to get around? Fly to the navigator, p- uh, robot pilot ship. Compliance. Compliance. Holy crap. <laughs> I thought for sure you would have went with uh, Hellboy's sidekick guy. Uh, oh, Abe Sapien? Yeah. No. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. And I mean, even for a leader, I mean, to get, you know, uh, father, you know, the uh, uh, the Doctor Who uh, actor. Now the name escapes me. No. I mean, even that. I wouldn't even take Hellboy uh, because there's no, there's no. He's like, not a good shot. There's he's, not. It, yeah. well, no, he's not a good shot. His thing is like, can I shoot it once and have it die? Uh, there's no like muscle of the group. If there was a muscle, maybe. I yeah. mean, for even like an annoying little like sidekick, you know, the the camera reporter, maybe. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Willow, maybe <laughs> just like tagging along. Well, oh, we didn't. Nobody went Willow. Uh, <laughs> we found this booze in the, in the forest. forest. <laughs> nobody went with uh, Rizel or like. You know, I was no. thinking about it. Find I was the greatest sorcerer. Like, <laughs> well, but I had like five people in each category, yeah, and, I, and I settled on yeah. three. 
Um, I mean, even for the street smarts, taking the brownies, I, I would count them as one. Okay. Maybe, but I doubt it. But I mean, Giselle as the uh, as the leader, I mean, could be pretty funny for making a gr- group of untouchables walking into a raid. No, 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 Nobody took uh, Peter Dinklage as the halfling rogue? Is that? Well, but he wasn't really. He wasn't roguey. Street smarts. He was just sort of like, I don't well, know what I'm doing with my life, so I'm going <laughs> to. He knows but how he to, knew all about trains. He, he knows knew, how to stay alone. That's true. what he knows how to if do. This was the great train robbery. <laughs> <laughs> or the, was, was it the train taking station. of Pelham? Taking of Pelham Maybe, but okay, fair I enough. was thinking about it. Also, Patricia Clarkson, I think we covered that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, for the Patreon mm. this month, uh, for a mere $20,000 at your next event, the Real Fuel Squad will create a speakeasy style bar complete with secret entrance for you and your guests to enjoy. We'll even hire a few wise guy extras to show up and try to shadily deliver more bathtub hooch along with loaded threats. <laughs> at the end of your evening, you get to play Mr. Mr. You forgot your briefcase Jesus. where a group of you will grab a random assortment of bags and satchels and run after the thugs. The lucky one with the the exploded dye packet hidden inside gets a, re, a free Real Fuel's t-shirt and a sticker collection that's only for the low low price of twenty thousand dollars boom that's a deal folks yeah i like it i like it a lot drew where can uh where can they find us fortnightly for fortnightly fortnightly well fortnightly they can always find us on apple podcast podbean really anywhere that you can find podcasts out there guys you can find the real Phil's podcast but in the meantime you can always find us on social media you can find us up on facebook and instagram I promise to update the Instagram a little bit uh, more often, but also on Twitter. And we are at Real Feels Pod up on Twitter. I'm always on there. Jack has his handle as well as on Twitter. Just Real Feels, G-I-U-S-T, Real Feels. And then uh, Nate Thin has his, which is Nate O'Rar. I'm not on it that much. You're not on it that much. Give me a reason to be on it, people. Oh, there we have it. And giving us a reason brings us to my next point, which is... The Tooch Line. The Tooch Line. line. As of the recording of this, we have not had a calling for the Tooch Line, which is disappointing. And folks, nobody's going to answer the Tooch Line. It's just going to take you to a voicemail system. If it asks you what your name is, you could say, fuck you. (laughs) That's that's what my name is. (laughs) But come on. We got the Tooch Line. Use the Tooch Line. You want the Tooch Line. The Tooch Line is there for you. Now, if the Tooch Line, again, is not your style, guys, you can always message us up on Facebook, on Twitter, realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. But hey, something that is just as important as the Tooch Line is getting on there on Apple Podcasts and leaving us some five-star reviews, guys, because the more that you leave us reviews, it gets the real feels out there into the world. You get to spread those feels to everyone, and you got to tell everybody that the return of the feels is here. Mm Mm-hmm. What's the number for the Tooch Line? The Tooch Line is 661-376-0030. 661-376-0030. Boom. And if you guys, Stanley Tooch yeah. Line. And you're going to have to pick up your Tooch Tone phone. Right. And right. give us a call. And if you forget the number, guys, it's always in the show notes. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't avoid it. You don't want to avoid it. You just call out our <laughs> names. <laughs> we'll come running. <laughs> so Nathan, as as the the chooser of this genre movie, what would you rate this film? 
so this film has some some really good strong points, but it also has uh, some some moments that are a little bit lacking. Uh, so I would give this a seven uh, maple tagged box boxes <laughs> out of ten. Out of ten. Adam, unfortunately, it just doesn't get past that. But again, it's a uh, you know take this photo and <laughs> put it in your newspaper. I would give this movie three out of five. Hey, mister, mister. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it has to stop. There you go. <laughs> so for the uh, the iconic quote from this movie, it encompasses four direct threats. I want you to get this fuck where he breathes. I want you to find this Nancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burned to the ground. I want to go there in the middle of the night. And I want to piss on his ashes. I would do three out of four of those threats. I'd be willing to do all the things that Capone says, but I draw the line on pissing on ashes because if you have ever pissed on hot coals, it smells bad. It does. <laughs> so I would give this a three out of four Capone insults. Well, good. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Well, coming up next, we are going to have foreign. foreign. I'm bringing you guys a foreign movie. Get ready for the subtitles. And it's a doozy. It's a doozy. And you know what? I think we should all learn to love some subtitles considering the fact that Parasite one best picture. Congra- hey, uh, congratulations, uh, Parasite. Wow. I've got no problems with subtitles, right? but people seem to. People seem to. And I love that the director made a very good point of saying that if you just can deal with like that two, what do you say, like two inches of your viewing screen to have words on it, you will open yourself up to a world, a plethora of films. A plethora, Guapo? A plethora. Which is crazy because that... I think that the distracting part of foreign films is not even so much. It's that you're you're reading and then missing parts of the beauty that is sometimes eh, what's going yeah, on. I think just like anything else, like with a little practice. Yeah, I mean, if you get you don't really you don't really notice right, it and anymore. if you get used to it, I, I think I think you'll be okay. I think for this generation, it's the fact that that. So, like, when I watch uh, Narcos on Netflix, you know, something like that, like a subtitled foreign film, right? you can't just be fucking off and yes. texting on your phone and mm-hmm. Pinteresting and Instagramming. Like, you do have to do that because you can't just audibly pick up what's going on. Yeah. It's not a point break where you can just have it on. No. And I mean, personally, like, I watch things with subtitles now anyways. It doesn't, too. It, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a foreign <laughs> film, modern, or anything like that. But, yeah, get ready for a foreign film. The next time we come around, it's... Uh, it's Johnny Utah. It's going to be a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I watched that game. Ah! <laughs> 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 Uh, well, for everyone here at uh, The Real Feels and for The Untouchables, uh, we want to wish you uh, the realest. And uh, the feelest. Just like a Dago wop. <laughs> here ended the lesson. <laughs> oh, good night.
you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference.